Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to SOJC Radio. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching the doctrine of Christ to the whole world. Good evening and welcome to Friday night FOJC Remnant Gathering. Grab your Bible and your pens and your paper and when two or three are gathered in his name, the Lord is right here with us. So thank you for joining us and here's Brother David. Everybody and welcome to August 25th, 2023 edition of the FOJC Remnant Gathering. I am David Carrico and I am so thankful for all of you joining us uh, in the chat. Big shout out there to Tracy and all of her chat folks. We love you. A uh, great bunch of folks and wherever you're listening on this good old flat earth, we'll have about 25% of our audience this evening will be from outside the continental United States. We're very thankful for that. And we're going to reach out with the Word of God uh, every opportunity we get. We thank the Lord for that each and every broadcast. We really, really do. And we have a lot to pray about. And uh, we get a lot of requests Um from outside from other countries we have one this evening from Jarle from Norway is asking for blessings and wisdom uh, Rebecca is asking for healing on the soles of her body uh, we want to pray for Rob's family uh, Rob passed away and we're one of make sure our prayers is with his family uh, we want to pray for Marley he needs salvation and cleansing from addictions uh, Danny and Hannah Luna their dog got run over and uh, it's not doing good I guess so we want to pray for that we love our animals and the Lord does too uh, Jamie uh, scheduled for surgery September 13th for healing and protection uh, Lloyd in Massachusetts for foot infection and diabetes. Uh, Linda having knee surgery. And we want to pray for Brother Cecil. We love Brother Cecil. He's a part of our ministry and he is having nosebleeds. And we want to say a special prayer for our brother this evening and uh, that the Lord will bless him and uh, we know that he will. Also, we want to have a, a prayer here for Aaron down in um, Oak Ridge, Tennessee. He wants help for witnessing to his father. And um, I really appreciated your email, and we certainly will, uh, and pray for you. And uh, we want to give a shout-out to Sister Nancy. I am keeping my coffee toasty. So, amen. 
Now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I might say something before we pray about, uh, just in way of announcements, um, upcoming tomorrow night on the Midnight Ride, I'll be doing a presentation called the uh, Avatars of Tartaria. We're going to be taking a deep dive into uh, into the Russian uh, mystics, the way that they see themselves and the impact that's having in the last day scenario. Uh, Sunday night, I'm really excited about a broadcast Tracy and I are going to do on the Underground Church Channel, the ancient flood of the Garden of Eden. Did you know there was one? Uh, do you think there's anything in the Bible and non-canonical text about the ancient flood of the Garden of Eden? Well, I'm really excited about this, and or we're going to be taking a deep dive into that Sunday night, 8 p.m. on our Underground Church channel. So uh, there we go. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you, as always, for each and every opportunity we have to preach the Word of God. And for every opportunity we have to lift up our petitions to you. Father, we want to lift up Brother Cecil to you. Father, in Jesus' name, let your healing touch be upon our brother. Just heal that condition and just pour out your blessing and your anointing upon our brother. Lord, we want to pray for Linda. She's going to have knee surgery. And uh, we just want to really pray that you just work that out for her. We want to pray for Lloyd in Massachusetts, foot infection and diabetes. Father, in Jesus' name, let your healing touch be upon our brother. Jamie has surgery September 13th, healing and protection. Father, in Jesus' name, we need healing and protection whenever we, we go into that system now, in Jesus' name. We want to pray for Danny and Hannah. Their dog got run over, and Father, we... You know, we don't think these things are silly because they're real to us. And, you know, we love our animals and they're real to us and it's real to you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we ask for your healing touch on that little dog. That's such a blessing to them. We want to pray for Marley for salvation and cleansing from addictions and uh, repent and believe the gospel right now in Jesus' name. Just repent and place your faith in the death of Christ upon the cross. And he will set you free in Jesus' name. We want to pray for Rob's family upon his passing. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray that your greatest blessings be with this family in this time of tragedy. And for Rebecca, we just pray for healing in Jesus' name on the soles of her body and sores. Okay, and again, we want to pray for... Uh, Jarley in Norway. Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask you to uh, just give that blessing and wisdom that our brother has asked for. And Father, we just come asking for this broadcast this evening. We, we just pray, Father, that your anointing be upon it and that you use this for the edification of your body and the growth of your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Our study for this evening is going to be entitled The Abomination of Desolation and the Great Tribulation. And, you know, every everything from the Word of God is important. 
but I feel that this is just uh, there's just some very timely things here that we need to pay attention to so worship the Lord for a few moments and we will be back with our lesson for this evening the abomination of desolation and the great tribulation we're sorry but because of copyright rules you cannot hear my music however if you want to hear the message in its entirety with my music you can join us on the radio page on friday nights for the live audio broadcast at 6 p.m central time or you can listen on our podcast page at fojcradio.com here's brother david hey man turn in your bibles to matthew chapter 24 we're going to begin at verse 15 and we're going to continue through matthew 24 it's so important um and there's going to be some things today that just jump out uh, of right where we're at. And um, I've heard things this week that is just speaking right out of Daniel chapter 11. So we're going to go uh, maybe a little slower than usual because I really want us to get this and understand Um and let, let's just begin here. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulations, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Now, over and over, we get questions. Um... Has the Great Tribulation started yet? Are we in the Great Tribulation? There are and all kinds of opinions uh, that people have on this. And like we were saying last week in our study, we don't need any more opinions. Uh, they're like belly buttons. Everybody's got one, don't they? And what we need is the Word of the Lord. And it's so clear here in verse 21. And if we just get this, it'll forever be out of our mind whether we have entered into the great, great Tribulation or not. In speaking of the abomination of desolation, in verse 21, for then, for then, those two words there show us timing, doesn't it? For then shall be Great Tribulation. What we're looking at in studying the abomination of desolation this is the event that triggers the Great Tribulation, which will inaugurate the last half of the 70th week of Daniel. And there's so much here. It will take this evening and probably next week to even begin to flesh it out. But we just we get this, we'll know. We're not in the Great Tribulation yet because the abomination has not taken place. That's the words of Jesus. So... You know, there you go. Now, also here, uh, what is the the abomination of desolation? And we're going to show beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is an invading army. 
This is an invading army. Why are these people running? These people are running because a foreign invader has entered their land and they're running for their life. And pray not your flight be be on the Sabbath. And that is relating directly to a future invasion of the land of Israel by a hostile army. And we're going to name that army uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And it doesn't give me any great joy to say this, but in the very near future, Israel is going to be invaded and they are going to be totally broken. Their military and economic power is going to be totally shattered in the very near future. Now, another clear text here that is in the text here, it says that that which happens when this abomination of desolation takes place, it's going to be worse than anything that's ever happened. And uh, it's going to be worse, uh, the worst event there for Israel. And, you know, it got pretty bad uh, in the days of Hitler. And no, we are not Holocaust deniers here at FOJC. Uh, and the even a worse mass murderer than Hitler was Joseph Stalin. Uh, Stalin was the worst mass murderer of all time. And uh, what's going to happen in this future desolation is going to be even worse than that. And we're going to show the scripture specifically tells us just how bad it's going to be. There's so much in the word of God that if we will just read it and believe it, uh, it's it's right there for us. So uh, let's you see, and truth comes precept upon precept and line upon line, and it's what Jesus says that matters. So if we go here in Matthew and it says then will be great tribulation, and we know that the great tribulation begins after the abomination. You know, there's a dozen different opinions, or even more than that, on YouTube. People are blown about by every wind of doctrine. But what we need to do when Jesus says something that needs to end the controversy, that's a precept that we build on. The abomination of desolation is most definitely the event that will trigger the Great Tribulation. And it says, spoken of by the prophet Daniel. Now, that's a huge clue, isn't it? So, for us to understand this end-time abomination, of course, we're going to go and we're going to look what Daniel had to say about that. And also, there's an implication in that, that the abomination of desolation by Daniel, that implies that there were others. And we're going to see that there have been... uh, there will be at least three profound abominations of desolation that have taken that will take place. Two have passed, one will come, and uh, I, I believe it's going to be soon coming. And there's going to be some things, like I say, that are that just jump off the page at us. Now, in Jeremiah chapter six and verse eight, be thou instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from thee, lest I make thee desolate. A land not 
inhabited. And that's what the abomination of desolation is. It's an army that comes in that makes it impossible for people to live there. And we're going to see specifically, the scripture is specifically going to tell us the extent of that abomination. It's right there in scripture. And in Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. There will be a remnant that will come forth of believing Israel. We find that spelled out by the prophet Zechariah. So it is going to be a time of trouble in the land of Israel. This is going to be more than just something that affects the land of Israel. It will affect the whole earth and the full extent of these ramifications. uh, They are far-reaching, I guarantee you. Now, let's read in Luke, the 21st chapter, and let's read the words of Jesus there, and we see here clearly that there is going to be a future invasion of the land of Israel. And uh, I remember years ago listening to Jerry Falwell before he passed, and he made the statement that Israel is back in the land and they will never be defeated again. And bless his heart, how wrong he was, and how obviously wrong. And this is another one of these teachings that the dispensational school of thought is going to totally hide this from people. People are being set up. The poor people in the land of Israel are being set up. And as we know, the powers that be, they're just wanting to play the people like chumps. And they're going to succeed with most people, sad to say. But in Luke chapter 21... Let's begin reading in verse 20. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. There it is. And this is a warning to the saints of God in the last days we're going to see that what we look for for the start of the great tribulation is Jerusalem surrounded by armies. When ye see, when ye shall see, this is prophetic, Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. This is the abomination of desolation, an invading army. Now, what our preterist friends do, they want to make everything apply to A.D. 70. In 586 B.C., in the days of Jeremiah and Ezekiel the prophets, Jerusalem was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, and then we know in A.D. 70 it was destroyed again. And what our preterist friends want to do, they want to make everything be fulfilled in A.D. 70. And as we have already seen in Matthew 24, as it talks about the abomination, this is going to be worse than anything in recorded history. You know, this is going to be the worst ever. Worse than A.D. 70, worse than Hitler, worse than Stalin. This is going to be very, very serious stuff. Going on here in the text in Luke, Then let them which are in Judea flee unto the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of the desert depart out of it, 
and let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. And you notice here, uh, don't go into the cities. Don't. How long have we been screaming that? Don't go into the cities. Get away from the cities. They're going to shut them down and they're going to lock them down. There's a lot of talk going on right now about another lockdown. And uh, get ready for that. And get away from the cities. And that's what Jesus told them. That's what we tell people. In verse 22, for these be the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. This event of the abomination of desolation and this invasion by Israel, by this nation that we're going to name, this will be the start of the fulfillment of all things. In verse 23, But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. It is going to be wrath upon the land of Israel because of the abominations that they're committing. In verse 24, And they shall fall with the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then they shall see the Son of Man. You see, this prophecy of Jerusalem surrounded by armies, this is tied by Jesus himself to the events that will immediately precede his return. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh and the first thing that we will see that we know we have entered into this final phase is the invasion of Jerusalem you won't miss it you won't miss it this isn't going to be done in a corner and when this takes place Each and every person is going to know. So put the confusion out of your mind that we have entered into this time period. We have not on the authority of Christ. Now, Jesus said in his text in Matthew, very specifically, that it was the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel. Now, let's read a text out of 1 Maccabees. 1st Maccabees chapter 1 and verse 54 now the 15th day of the month Caslu in the 145th year they set up the abomination of desolation upon the altar and builded idol altars throughout the cities of Judah on every side now this which is spoken of in the book of Maccabees. Yes, the Apocrypha comes in handy, doesn't it? The very same phrase that Jesus referred to, the abomination of desolation, this was used in the book of Maccabees to talk about the event that took place, I believe it was 186 or 187 B.C., when Antiochus Epiphanes, he he conquered Israel, and uh, he very famously sacrificed a hog upon the altar, 
And this was called the abomination of desolation. And it's referred to uh, by Christ, you know, the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel. And we're going to see that Daniel also prophesies of a future abomination of desolation, which we don't want to miss that. No, we don't. Now, let's go to the book of Daniel. And let's go to the book of Daniel, and let's look at the 12th chapter. And there are certain landmarks here. And I always, when I go through a text, there are certain truths that when you get that certain truth, you know that to be consistent, you don't violate that in other places. And there's a big one here. As it begins to talk about, as Daniel chapter 12 and also Daniel chapter 11 prophesies of the abomination and here as the text begins to talk about the abomination in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 7 and I heard the man clothed in linen which was upon the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever that it shall be for a time, times and a half, and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And something that has to happen is the power of Israel totally broken. They're going to be totally broken, and they're going to be scattered, and they are going to have their power taken away from them. That's a big benchmark in Daniel 12 and 7. Now, let's go down to verse 11, and Daniel begins to prophesy about the abomination. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. Now, there's another whole aspect of the ramifications of this that come into effect here with the daily sacrifice, and that deserves a big deep dive, uh, more than we'll just give it in our lesson today because that's not our main purview. But the daily sacrifice in the uh, abomination that took place in A.D. 70, uh, in a, a text in Daniel it, Daniel 9 and 27, it talks about the overspreading of abominations. And I always think of this as just spreading peanut butter on bread. And when Jesus died upon the cross, every animal that was sacrificed for sin was an abomination. And every time they repeated it, it was an overspreading of abominations. And how in the world can people be so spiritually bankrupt that they are actually giving money people that profess the name of Christ are actually giving money to the the Temple Mount Foundation to rebuild a temple to sacrifice animals I mean there's dumb and there's dumber but my goodness I don't see how anyone that names the name of Christ can be that jacked up I just really don't but in Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. So now, well, let me just put this on the table here. So what is the daily sacrifice now? There is no sacrifice in a Jewish temple, and the scripture speaks of a daily sacrifice being taken away. Well, 
our good friends at Roman Catholicism, they teach that the Mass is a sacrifice that is to be participated in daily. And that very term, daily sacrifice, is used within Catholicism. Now that's an aspect that we'll get into a lot more probably next week. But when we think of the daily sacrifice, in the first and second abominations, it was the sacrifice, the daily sacrifice in the Jewish temple. In the third, it will be that daily sacrifice that will be set up. And uh, the one underneath Benini's canopy in Rome, where they have done a reproduction of the Holy of Holies there, where the Pope sits. You talk about blasphemous abomination. It's hard to top that. Now, let's read on here in verse 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. And we've talked a lot about the coming false communion. And we've prophesied for many years that the Catholic Mass is going to be repaced with the Luciferian Communion. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more it looks like we are just exactly spot on with that. Now, from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, that's the invading army, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Now, this is really not that hard to understand. And we're going to, like say, we're going to slow this down a little bit. And this really tells us something. That uh, there's going to be uh, a definite time period here. Now, let's go to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 6. And in Daniel 12, 11, it talks about 1,290 days. Now, in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 6, and this is going to be one of these lessons. I'm going to try to go a little more deliberately slow this week because we need to really get this. Because there's some landmarks here that if we get, it's going to keep us from going off the rails. This will be one that probably will be worth listening to more than once. But Revelation 12 and 6. And the woman, the church, the Israel of God, fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days, one thousand two hundred and sixty days. And in Revelation chapter 12, down to the 14th verse, we see a phrase that we also saw in Daniel 12. It says, unto the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time, times, and a half time. And this, by comparing the times, time, and a half time, which we saw in Daniel, the Bible has just interpreted that as the 1,260 days. You see, Scripture will interpret Scripture if we will just allow it to do so. And there is a third trifecta confirmation in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 
40 and 2 months. Now, if you measure 42 times 30, you get 1,260 days. This is the time period of the last half of the 70th week of Daniel, and we must be mindful in the words of Christ that this time will be cut short. So what does it mean in Daniel chapter 11 when it adds 30 days onto it? And in verse 12, Daniel chapter 11 and verse 12, it adds 45 more. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 12, excuse me, Daniel chapter 12, verse 11, and let's read here verse 12. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred five and thirty days. Forty-five more days get it out on. But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Now, there's a blessing for those that comes to the thousand three hundred five and thirty days. So now, there has been seventy-five days added on to the 1,260 days. Well, just think about it. It's not hard at all. When the Lord returns, what's going to happen? The Lord's going to return at the end of the 70th week of Daniel. There's going to be the last judgment. Everyone that has ever lived will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that great white throne judgment. So yeah, let's give the Father 75 days, and then it talks about the, and there's going to be the judgment of Satan and all the fallen angels, and then there will be the creation of the new heaven and the new earth. So 75 days after the return of Christ, the last judgment will be completed, the new heavens and the new earth will be in place, which he did the first one in seven days. I think he could probably do this one in seven or quicker if he wanted to. So at the end of that time, blessed is he that comes to the end of that time period when we will be in that new heaven and that new earth. So it's really not hard to, to figure there's going to be a lot of stuff going on after the end of that 70th week of Daniel. And this is why I do not believe in a seven-year tribulation. I don't believe in a seven-year tribulation because it's not in the Bible. Try finding it. Try looking up seven-year tribulation. It's not in there. But what in there is the time, times, and a half time, the 42 months, the 1,260 days. It will be three and a half years and to prevent anyone from setting a date, Jesus tells us that the days will be cut short. Remember there was a book written, uh, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come in 1988. Well, I, I first read this book in about 1995. You know? <laughs> and and when, you got a, when you get this book in 1995, you know they've stepped in it. But all of the date setters, all of the date setters don't even give them a minute's time. The fact that they're trying to set a date, we can know the times and the seasons. And we can know that that time is surely nigh upon us. But all those that would be date setters, uh, run for your life. Now, let's go to the 11th chapter of Daniel. And the 11th chapter of Daniel also speaks 
of the abomination of desolation. And we're also going to see this specifically tied in to the time of the end. And get ready, there's going to be some things here that are going to be jumping out right in her face um, from newscasts. We're literally, we are going through Daniel 11 right now. And we're going to see this um, just so very soon. Daniel 11 and verse 31. And we'll read here. And arms shall stand on his part, and he shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Anyone out there knows our God. You know, we're going to do exploits. You see, this isn't going to be a time where the church is going to shut up and go away, but the Israel of God is going to do exploits. Are you ready for that? Yeah. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. That's us, folks. You see, there are so many people that are going to have so many answers. They're going to be so confused. The people that have been taught this pre-trib lie, many of them, unfortunately, they're going to be taking their lives. And they're going to be chasing, trying to find these preachers to pound the snot out of them. Because they're going to realize they've been lied to, and they've been lied to big time. They've been set up like chumps. And they, that understand among the people, shall instruct many. we got to get ready for that. And they shall fall with the sword and by flame and by captivity and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. You better believe that. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white. Even to the time of the end. Because it is yet for for a, a, a time appointed. Now you notice here, in the text in Daniel 12 and Daniel 11 about the abomination, it specifically ties it to the time of the end. There's no doubt here. We're talking about an abomination that is going to take place right before that well, right at the beginning of the last half of the 70th week. And this is going to kick the ball off rolling. And when it does, I guarantee you, it's going to roll. Now, something else that we've taught over and over, and this is something else that's hard for people to understand, not because it's hard to understand, but because they have been bombarded and indoctrinated and, forgive my bluntness, brainwashed by what they have heard from false teachers. And the false teaching on Bible prophecy, which is everywhere, it has so blinded the minds of people that Jesus will say, tares before the wheat. They'll say, oh no, wheat before the tares. Uh, Matthew thirteen thirty, John seventeen fifteen. Jesus prayed. This was the entire focus of our next, or the DLC we taped uh, just last Wednesday. Jesus says, 
uh, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. And what are they doing? They're praying the exact opposite of what Jesus had to say. I tell you, my friends, there's devils in the brew when people can look at what our precious Lord said and turn it inside out at their very whim. But the individual being spoken of here in Daniel chapter 11 I call him the willful king because it speaks of him doing things according to his will. This is not the beast of Revelation 13 that rises in the great tribulation time, but this is the fellow that kicks it off. And we're going to show just exactly who this is. Well, not who the name, but just exactly what country this comes from. And um, there's there's no there's no ambiguity about this, but we're going to read on here in verse 36. And the king shall do according to his will. That's why I call him the willful king. And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished for that that is determined shall be done now that word indignation just file that away we're going to be revisiting that word indignation we're going to be uh, putting the Webster's on that rascal and we're going to see other texts where that concept is a very important prophetic one in verse 37 it says neither shall he regard the God of his fathers nor the desire of women nor regard any God for he shall magnify himself above all, but in his estate he shall honor the God of forces, and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and precious stones and pleasant things. And thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. The, this individual here will actually invade the land of Israel and divide it up. You know, they're going to, uh, they're going to, it, it's coming. And I don't say that with any joy, but I say that definitively because it's what the scripture says. Now, this God of forces, you might remember, Sister Tracy and I, we did a Sunday night live on the God of forces when we were talking about in our series on planetary catastrophism. And if you remember in our text we read in 1 Maccabees 154, it spoke of Antiochus ordering that temples be set up all over the land of Judah. Now, we know exactly what God, the God of forces is, and we know what God that Antiochus ordered temples to be built to it was the God of Mars. And if you have never watched Mars, the God of Forces, on uh, our Sunday Night Live, it's on our Underground Church YouTube channel, you need to watch it. Because this opens up another paradigm of understanding people need to know of the way that the, 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 the actual plantains in the second heaven were worshipped and manipulated this also is going to be a huge part of the cosmic boogie-woogie that Jesus spoke of 
there in the same context as the abomination of desolation. Now, I will read to you from Joseph Vincent's commentary on Daniel 11:38 and it's right here for us facts of history. It's and speaking of the god of forces, he says this seems to be either Jupiter Olympus, never introduced among the Syrians till Antiochus did it, or as others suppose Mars, the god of war, whom Antiochus ordered to be worshipped in his dominions, which latter opinion seems the more likely. Yes, and I agree, Brother Benson, as Antiochus was almost always engaged in some war or other. Mars, the god of war, worshipped by Antiochus and ordered to be set up temples to Mars all over Judah. And he was actually, and we get into this in our Mars, the God of Forces, he was actually trying to manipulate the movement of the planet to cause catastrophes. So that's there. Uh, That's just another really, really good study that it will be good. You see, there's so many things here. And we're entering into layered truth. Everything we're teaching here is straightforward, precept upon precept, but line upon line. But you see, these precepts, they go one upon another. And when you start with truth and you lay truth on truth, you get layered truth. And of course, when people don't know the fundamental principles, the the deeper layers of truth aren't going to make a lot of sense. That's why people that want to get it right, we've got to build on the foundation of Christ and lay precept upon precept of that which he said, and it'll become clear. The muddy water is going to become clear, and we're going to see it. And when we see things begin to come to pass, we're going to say, wow. Now, there's something here in Daniel 11.40. That just jumps off the page. This is where we're at right now. We are in verse 40 of Daniel 11. And at that time, and at the time of the end, shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. I want all of you that have opportunity to do a Google search on the Global South. Global South. Now, just this week, it's been all over the press that the Global South is revolting against the G7. Now, what the Global South, and the Global South is basically... Uh, Africa, South America, Latin America, and Asia. And the, the G7, or the North, this is basically America, Canada, Australia, and uh, the, the NATO European nations. There is a North-South division uh, of the powers, and people talk about this. It's called the Global South. Now, who is the King of the South? There's only one man that can be the king of the south, as I like to call him, oh, bing, 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 Xi Jinping, bing, bing, bing. He is the king of the south. He is the one that is putting this together. He is the one that is rivaling the G7. 
they are promoting a new currency that is gold-backed, and it looks like since our dollar is totally, uh, it's just fantasy money, monopoly money will be worth more than that very soon. And uh, when the petrodollar goes down, (laughs) I tell you what, uh, you can paper your walls with it. And it looks like the digital currency is the way we're going to try to go with the digital. And of course, it'll be back, but nothing but (laughs) the, the imagination of old Uncle Joe. You know, so there you go. So that's where we're at, and it's not a very good place to be in. But it, it's talking here about the willful king, and I'll tell you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna show it, and I'm gonna back it up in in a couple places anyway. That this is Iran. Iran is the the willful king will be the leader of Iran, and there are two ancient sources and a lot of common sense that are gonna back that up. Now, it says here that at the time of the end, the king of the south shall push at him. So, Xi Jinping is going to be pushing on Iran. Now, not long ago, John Pounders and I on the Midnight Ride, we were talking about Second Estrus chapter 15, which we're going to be looking at uh, in, in this broadcast this evening. And we identified there a prophetic statement that said China would be allied with Iran. Within, I mean, I woke up the next day and I got a call from John before I could even look at anything, literally within hours after we made that statement, Iran and China signed a multi, multi-million dollar military and economic agreement. And there it is. Now, what's going to happen and I mean, I know you all know what's going on. We got, we got Ukraine. We got um, oh, Xi Jinping, and the whole thing going on. We're looking at a war on two fronts, and Xi Jinping is going to push it on Iran, and he's going to say, "Now's the time. Now's the time to move on Israel." And when Xi Jinping gives the gouge to Iran. It's the abomination of desolation. The army will come into Israel, and it's going to be on. It ain't maybe. What did Jesus say? And then shall be great tribulation when the abomination of desolation comes in. We are right now in Daniel chapter 11, verse 40. And we're going to be going through these verses very quickly. In time, and we're going to be going through these verses also in the second part of our broadcast. And like I say, this is important. We need to slow this down. We need to get it. We need to sit with this, and you need to check the Word of God to see if I'm telling you the truth. You need to search the global south, and you need to see just exactly what it is. It's happening right now. And that means we are on the very cusp of the Great Tribulation. We are seeing it unfold before our very eyes. And with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got so much more to share with you. We're going to be showing you beyond a shadow of a doubt that the willful king is Iran. And beyond a shadow of doubt, the king of the south is Xi Jinping. And the king of the north. Now, I tell you what. In the upcoming presidential election, 
You're not going to be voting for the President of the United States. You're going to be voting for the King of the North. That's what it's going to be. You're going to be electing the King of the North in the next presidential. And I know a lot of you aren't going to vote. And uh, I'm not going to be voting either. I don't want... (laughs) You know, I'm I'm sorry uh, for all you people. And, you know, that's hard for me, too, because I always voted. I always voted. I felt that it was my duty. But I'm to the place now. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I'm not going to vote for the king of the north. And that's who we're voting for in this next presidential election. We're voting to see who's going to be the king of the north. Well, anyway, we're going to take a break. And we're going to be back with a lot more on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, this is Tracy Vinay from He Walks With Us Everywhere over on YouTube. Brother David and I are so excited to be bringing you a new original series entitled Flat Earth and the Scriptures. In Job 28:24, it says, For he looketh to the ends of the earth and seeth under the whole heaven. Do y'all know that there are hundreds of scriptures that refer to the true biblical cosmology of this earth? Well, we're looking to expound upon some of those in this new series. We hope it will edify and educate and maybe even entertain a little bit. So come on over and check out the new series over on He Walks With Us, One Word Everywhere. And also check out David and Donna's YouTube channel, Underground, One Word Church. Please subscribe, like, and share to the channels if you haven't already. And we just thank each one of you for your prayers and your love and your support. And we do look forward to seeing you all over there for this new series. All right. Take care and just know that the Lord indeed has made us unique and special. Wonderfully and fearfully have we been made. FOJC Radio Remnant family, Sister Donna here. I just want to thank all of you for your support and your love and kindness. Just wanted to let you know that here at FOJC Radio, we want to reach the world for Jesus. I know you know this verse. You've said it as a child probably many times. But as a reminder, in John 3, Verse 16 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In order to do this, we have chosen to use many different avenues. We have our regular Friday night message with Brother David and then we have our Sunday night live and we have different people on it and then we have other Sunday night live programs with David and Tracy sometimes we're on Rumble and sometimes we're on YouTube you just never know who we might have on there but I just wanted to remind you all and thank you for your support and give us a listen on Sunday Night Live. These programs usually start at 8 p.m. Central Time. You never know what we might be doing. 
We're full of all kinds of surprises. We want to reach the world for Jesus. FOJC Radio wants to introduce to our Remnant family the Holy Commission Boot Camp brought to you by Brother Brett Graham. These teachings are the basics or training for brothers and sisters in Christ's service. The Holy Commission is found in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Brett shares how we should walk with the Lord in order to accomplish the Holy Commission and also some tips about soul winning. If you have questions about this series, please send them to lastdayschurch at cs.com and put capitals H-C-B-C in the subject line. You can find playlists for the Holy Commission Boot Camp on our Rumble and our YouTube channels. And thank you, as always, for your prayers and support. Jesus, 
Now back to tonight's message with Brother David Carrico on FOJC Radio. Welcome back to the FOJC Remnant Gathering. And as I always do at the break, I'm going to sincerely thank each and every one of you that prays for us and that studies with us and that supports us with your gifts and with your kindness. We do appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. We couldn't do what we do without you. And I guarantee you, the Lord is laying on our heart a bunch of stuff to do. So thank you so much. And I, we will be announcing, I better announce it next week because the time's going to be on us. We will be doing a prayer-a-thon in September. Uh, I don't know that we're going to do it right on the new moon. We're going to do it sometime in there. Anytime's a good time to pray. So we're going to be announcing that next week and getting that um, uh ready and uh i'm just excited about that and like i say uh sunday night 8 p.m central fojc radio underground church the ancient flood of the garden of eden it's going to be real frosty and tracy and i are going to have a lot of fun with that one it's going to be a good one so join us there if you can now book of enoch chapter 56 now, the book of Enoch, chapter 1, verse 1, immediately goes into the trash bin of most dispensationalists <laughs> because it says, The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous, who will be living in the day of tribulation when the wicked and the godless are removed. Well, number one, they think they're going to be removed and won't be in the day of tribulation. But the Bible, book of Enoch says, this is for God's people who will be living in the day of tribulation. So there might be something here in this book that might help us. And I'm going to show you a huge thing. Uh, we're going to identify here the last days invaders of Israel in the book of Enoch. And then we're going to go to the book of Second Estrus, and we're going to have a double confirmation. And then we're just going to read the text from the Bible. And you can easily deduce the same thing from the scripture there. We're looking at an Iranian invasion of Israel. Now let's go to Enoch, the 56th chapter. And let's begin reading in verse 5. And in those days the angels shall return. Now, boy, ha, ha, that we're talking about the angels <laughs> that were, were bound in chains. Yeah, that's right. They're coming back. And when we see the removal of the restrainer, oh, boy, it's going to get spicy. I guarantee you they're going to return. And the first thing they're going to do when the restrainer is moved they're going to say they're going to hurl themselves to the east upon the Parthians and the Medes. Now, we know from history and from scripture that the Babylonian Empire fell to the Middle Persia. And the Persian Empire is Iran. Iran is uh, ancient Persia. There's no doubt about it. And the Parthian Empire, look it up, the Parthian Empire is a ancient empire located within the territory that the modern nation of Iran 
occupies. We're looking at the angels are going to go right to this leader of Iran, and uh, they're going to they're going to add a little push. Xi Jinping will give them a push, and then these fallen angels are going to give them another push. It says they shall stir up the kings so that a spirit of unrest shall come upon them, and they shall rouse them from their thrones that they may break forth as lions from their lairs and as hungry wolves among their flocks. And they shall go up and tread underfoot the land of his elect ones. There it is in the book of Enoch. The, when the fallen angels are released at the restrainer, they're going to move upon the, the Parthians, the Medes, modern-day Iran, and they're going to go into the land of Israel. And the land of his elect ones shall be for them a threshing floor and a highway. They're going to go through it like a knife and through hot butter. But the city of my righteous shall be a hindrance to their horses, and they shall begin to fight amongst themselves. And their right hand shall be strong against themselves, and a man shall not know his brother, nor a son his father or his mother, till there is no number of the corpses of their slaughter, and their punishment be not in vain. Now, there's a pattern here. In this text of Enoch, you know, the willful king, well, here identified as the Medes and the Parthians, modern-day Iran, they're going to go through Israel like a knife through hot butter, but then something's going to happen, and it's going to turn against them. And we're going to see from the book of Daniel 11 that the king of the north is going to step in. And uh, there's just a lot of clear steps in unveiling and unpacking this scenario. Now, let's go to the book of Second Estrus. And the Second Estrus, for those of you that are not familiar with it, this is King James Apocrypha. That was uh, in the 1611 KJV. And let's go to Second Estrus, and let's go to the 15th chapter. And let's read beginning in verse 29. Where the nations... Of the dragons of Arabia. Now, there's a phrase that we talked about a lot on a, a Midnight Ride episode that we did. And, of course, we're going to see the dragon here is associated with the nation from the east. Now, I wonder, we've got a nation from the east symbolized by the dragon. Now, I wonder who that might be. It's not real hard, is it? And there are dragons of Arabia because the text in Second Estrus talks about nations in Arabia coming under the control of these dragons of the east. So they're called the dragons of Arabia. Iran is a dragon of Arabia because they are being instigated and motivated by the dragon, which is China. When the, where the nations... I'm going to begin at the top of verse 29 again here. Um, Where the nations of the dragons of Arabia shall come out with many chariots, and the multitude of them shall be carried as the wind upon the earth, that all they which hear them may fear and tremble. Also the Carminians. Now who are the Carminians? Let's get a definition of the Carminians. And the Carminians are from Carminia. Who would have thought? The southern province of the Parthian Empire. And the Carminians were the most southern part 
of this Parthian Empire, which is modern-day Iran. We have a definite confirmation by mentioning the Carmenians that Esdras is talking the same thing that Enoch is and the same thing that Daniel chapter 11 is. Verse 30 from the top, also the Carmenian, it'd be a better pronunciation probably, and also the Carmenians raging in wrath shall go forth as the wild boars of the wood. And with great power shall they come. In the book of Enoch, they described them as hungry, ravening wolves. Here they called them wild boars of the woods. And with great power shall they come and shall join battle with them and shall waste a portion of the land of the Assyrians. And the whole Levant there uh, was under the dominion uh, of the old Assyrian Empire. And in verse 31, And then shall the dragons have the upper hand. Remember their nature, and if they shall turn themselves, conspiring together in great power to persecute them, then these shall be troubled and keep silence through their power and shall flee. Now the same scenario that we have laid out in Enoch 56, they're there uh, called the Parthians and the Medes. They come in, they're just totally tearing it up, then all of a sudden it goes south for them. The same thing here in Second Estrus. Here they come, the Carmenians, the same thing, Iran. They're just uh, blowing everybody away, then all of a sudden something troubles them. Something troubles them. Now, when we go back to the scripture in Daniel 11, we'll see just exactly what it was that's going to trouble them. Now, one more scripture here in 2nd Estrus before we leave. In 2nd Estrus here in chapter 15, let's go and let's read verse 46. And thou, Asia, that art partaker of the hope of Babylon, and art the glory of her person. O Asia, from the east, the dragon of the east. In this little book of Second Estrus, they're partaker of the hope of Babylon. You see, they want to be, they're not of the hope of Jesus, but they want to be of the hope of the Babylon. They want to be a part of this New World Order stuff, you see. And that global south, they want to run the show, you see. And the king of the south and the king of the north, they're on a definite collision course. There's no doubt about it. Now, let's go back to the 11th chapter of Daniel and let's pick the text up here and we're going to see undeniable confirmation that 2nd Estrus 15, Enoch 56, and Daniel 11 is all talking about the same event. This future invasion of Israel by Iran. And let's pick it up in verse 41, Daniel 11. Speaking here of the willful king, who I've identified as the king of Iran, he shall enter also into the glorious land of Israel, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. Now today, that would be the modern country of Jordan. And this is, this is one way you can tell this isn't the beast of Revelation 13. It says of him that he runs the whole show. But this fellow will not even conquer. He'll invade Israel. It'll, it's going to be decimated. And uh, 
he's going, but he won't even, something's going to go wrong, and he won't even take all of the Middle East here. It says in verse 42, He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries of the land, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasuries of gold and of silver and over the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his step but tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him now what did we just read in in the book of second estrus how that they're going to be troubled something's going to happen and trouble them well we saw the same thing in Enoch 56 they're going great then all of a sudden it falls apart here's the explanation in the word of God but tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him and uh, things are going to be rumbling between the good old king of the north the the president of our fine land and oh Xi Jinping I bet there's going to be some things rolling therefore he shall go forth with a great fury to destroy and utterly to take away many and he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him this guy is going to die the willful king is going to invade Israel and then something's going to happen that uh, he's going to be called away and he's going to get killed. He's going to get killed. Now, this should forever put to bed the idea over and over and over, if you hear anyone teach on Daniel 11, they're going to tell you that this is the beast of Revelation 13, the Antichrist, if you will. This is absolutely wrong, and if people would just take the time to read the Word of God, they would put this to bed and stop looking for more opinions. The Word of God settles the fact. Now look at this. It says here in verse 45, And he shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the seas and the holy mountain, yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him and at that time now that gives us timing again doesn't it in Matthew 24 we read the text the abomination of desolation Jesus said and then shall be great tribulation that's what starts it now right here the death of the willful king in Daniel 21 and at that time what time? The time right there in verse 45, the willful king comes to his end, and at that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of his people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to the same time. We're talking about the very same event that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 that Enoch prophesied of in chapter 56 that second Estrus talks about in the 15th chapter that then there's going to be the removal of the restrainer and the worst time of trouble that the nation of Israel have ever experienced will happen then and then so we're seeing in Daniel 11 the individual that commits the abomination and sets the whole thing in motion. And then shall be great tribulation. And people need to sit with the word of God 
until they are convinced, not by some other opinion on some YouTube channel, but until the Word of God comes alive to them and they can plant their faith in it and know beyond a surety that which is facing us and looking us right in our little grills right now. Now let's go to Isaiah the 17th chapter. Isaiah chapter 17 and we're going to see another description of this same event and this same war. In Isaiah chapter 17 and I don't know how many years, it's been years now since we have been teaching this and we have been saying that Isaiah 17 yeah this is what's going to kick her off and we're looking about and in these books it says kings and when Iran begins the assault Assyria is going to jump Assyria is going to jump in too and others uh, that hate Israel there's plenty of nations around Israel that would love to see it destroyed no doubt about that but let's read Isaiah 17 the burden of Damascus behold Damascus is taken away from being a city, comma, full stop. Now, I've got a gaggle of commentaries here in my library, <laughs> as you know, and uh, what many dispensational commentaries say on this is that this scripture has already been fulfilled. You know, and what I say to them is, Google Earth, Damascus is still there. You know, Damascus has not been taken away from being a city yet because this does not fit in with the scenario they want to feed people. They say this has already taken place. This is just like the lies that they put forth on everything they lie about. If something, if it's giant bones, well, let's buy them up and hide them in the basement of the Smithsonian. Whatever we got to lie about to keep the truth from the people, we'll do it. The burden of Damascus, behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap by the word of the Lord. That's going to be fulfilled. This could happen. And we see here, uh, and as we all know, Israel has many nuclear weapons. They have a very sophisticated nuclear arsenal, and they're going to take Damascus out. It's going to go away, and no one's going to miss it. You know, this is going to be fulfilled in drastic measure, and the shock waves that will go across the world when we see Damascus taken away as a city, no one's going to miss it. No one's going to miss it. It goes on to say, The cities of Aurora are forsaken and shall be for flocks which shall lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Now look at verse 3. The fortress also shall cease from Ephraim. Now Ephraim was the name that was used for the ten tribes of Israel, and Ephraim is also used for the northern part of Israel that borders Syria. And it says the fortress shall cease from Ephraim. That means the military uh, defenses of Israel are going to go away. They're going to be totally smashed. And the kingdom from Damascus, Damascus and Ephraim are going to be militarily vanquished. And the remnant of Syria, they shall be as the glory of the children of Israel, saith the Lord of hosts. And in other words, 
uh, Syria and Israel, their glory is going to be the same, which is going to be nothing. And in that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob shall be made thin, and the fatness of his flesh shall wax lean. And it shall be as when the harvest man gathereth the corn, and reapeth the ears with his arm. And it shall be as he that gathereth ears in the valley of Rephaim. Ha <laughs> ha. Yet gleaning grapes shall be left in it, as the shaking of an olive tree, two or three berries in the top of the uppermost boughs. This is the coming abomination of desolation. And what's going to be left? The, the people left in Israel are going to be compared to when you shake the olive tree and get the olives, you don't get them all, but a few are left. But sad to say, and I don't say this with any joy at all, but most of the people in the land of Israel are going to die. They're going to die, and they're going to be totally broken militarily. Now, I want to read a comment here. This is from the um, John Oswald's commentary in the book of Isaiah, just getting real specific of what this means. It says, Israel will lose the capacity to defend herself. So Damascus will lose authority to rule over neighboring cities. While Syria will not be totally destroyed, it will, like Israel, be left as just a shadow of itself. So what happens then? Well, we'll show you in the Word of God what happens then. Uh, Let's look at Isaiah chapter 26. And in the 26th chapter of the book of Isaiah, because the nation of Israel have forsaken the Lord and his commandments, this terrible indignation is going to be upon them. And in the 26th chapter of Isaiah, beginning in verse 20, it says here, well, excuse me, I want chapter 28. Excuse me, Donna. Let's go to chapter 28, verse 14 and 15. And it says here, Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Boy, this is a, the Lord is trying to get their attention. We're in Isaiah 28, 14. Donna, I shifted a gear on you there. Sorry. Isaiah 28, 14. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule this people is in Jerusalem because we have said we have made a covenant with death and with hell are we at agreement when the overflowing scourge shall pass through it shall not come unto us for we have made lies our refuge and under falsehood we have hid ourselves therefore thus saith the Lord God Behold, I lay in Zion a found, for a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies. They're going to be hundred-pound hailstones. We read that in the book of Revelation. And the water shall overflow the hiding place, and your covenant with Death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand when the overflowing scourge shall pass through. Then ye shall be trodden down by it. Now what we have here is the clear picture 
of the nation of Israel being totally destroyed militarily. They have absolutely no capacity to defend themselves anymore. They will make a covenant with death and hell with the beast himself, which is going to be the king of the north. And that is a sad thing for us good Americans. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 8, And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was capital D-E-A-T-H, and capital H-E-L-L followed with him. Mr. Hell, Mr. Death, beast number 1 and beast number 2 of Revelation chapter 13. Because the nation of Israel can do nothing else, they will sell their souls to the beast and the false prophet to survive. And that's the situation that we're going to see here in the book of Revelation and in this prophecy. And I have so much more to share, and I know we're going to have to go uh, to really get into the depths of this, and that's what I really want to do. I want us to go to the place where we really get this. And there are some clear things here that if we will just believe the Word of God, we are not going to be confused. And I know next week we're going to understand exactly what we are to do when we see it. Not, not maybe so. We're going to know exactly how to react when we see this take place. And we're going to see some things that are just so important. And a proper understanding of this passage is uh, it's just needful and it's right now. It is right now because we're now in the 40th verse of Daniel 11 and that could just go right down the, go right down the page anytime. So with that, uh, we're going to close out our study for today and we're going to, uh, we're just going to have to go go on and we're going to because it's time right now that we really get clear on this. So with that, we're going to conclude our broadcast for this evening and with always with tremendous thankfulness to all of you uh, that are listening and praying for us in this broadcast and we I can't tell you what that means to us. Um, Again, tomorrow night on the Midnight Ride, the Avatars of Tartaria with John and I. Sunday night live, FOJC, 8 p.m. Sunday night on our underground church, Trace of I, the ancient flood of the Garden of Eden. Guarantee you, you're going to like it. So with that, let's close out with a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so thankful for you and all you do for us. We know that for all the things we see, we will not fear, because we know the Lord omnipotent reigneth. Father, we thank you that you have given us understanding, and Father, we're praying for you to help us be those ones that share understanding with people that are going to so need it. So, Father, we just thank you. Father, we just pray that you open the hearts of those that hear this humble teaching, that you'll just unlock the hearts to let the word of the Lord come alive in them. Let it be, Father, for the furtherance of your kingdom and bringing men and women to salvation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we agree. Amen and amen. God bless you all, and we'll see you all next week, 6 p.m. Central, right here on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. Thank <laughs> you.
thank you for listening and joining in fellowship with us here at FOJC Radio Remnant Gathering. You can contact us at FOJC Post Office Box 671 Tell City, Indiana 47586 or you can email us at lastdayschurch at cs.com or you may call us at 812-836-2288 you can check out our website at www.fojcradio.com thanks and God bless Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.